Welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. How is everybody tonight, Marty? Ah, not too bad, man. It's uh, humid and gross out, but other than that, that's no bad. lie. I'm sweating like a pig sucking. I wish I wasn't well, some mud. It was disgusting. Because it was, it's gross out right now. It's Even good. this morning, it was awful. Already. Yeah, because it's going to be storming like a SOB. Oh, yeah. Night. It's, you can see it kind of rolling in. Well, I'm super thrilled about it. I would ask you how your week went, but I just saw you last night when we recorded right, that right, episode. Right. <laughs> Two days in a row we're recording now. Yeah, yeah, trying to kind of get things back on track. Yeah, because I was, um, well, it's, we were out for that two weeks, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, today I happened to go down my neighbor. He bought a camper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the, the corner he bought a camper. Oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. And I go down there, my kid was playing with his kid, and I'm like, hey, so you, how do you like your camp? He's like, never been camping before, so he's exchanging tricks at the trade, right, you know, right, yeah. kind of help him out. Then we got talking about the podcast. Oh, <laughs> He's Jesus. like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, I record podcasts every Wednesday. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, oh, you're one of them guys that believe in Bigfoot? And I said, I pointed, I said, doesn't my shirt say I'm <laughs> right. my Bigfoot shirt on? And he's uh, like... He wasn't, he just was trying to start a conversation. We got talking about the missing 411, stuff oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he actually said this, I thought it was really insightful because he doesn't, he's like, he doesn't believe really in Bigfoot UFOs now. Right. Because his philosophy is if the government would come out and say that, it would cause pure chaos. And I'm right, like, right. he's never listened to our podcasts. I gave him a couple business cards, sticker, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, I might listen to it. He says, because it kind of interested, but he said, he said, like, the government, well, he says, why doesn't the government come out and tell us? And I said, that's a whole episode by itself. Oh, yeah, a couple. Why the government probably. doesn't tell us a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a whole history of things that it took them decades to tell anybody that yeah. they had done, man. Like the Tuskegee Airmen oh, yeah, experiment. Yeah. yeah, oh, prime example. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, I, I find it interesting. Uh, 411 is one of those subjects that even if you're not into weird paranormal... It sucks you. People yeah. tend to... They will gravitate towards that story. Because it also has a lot of earthly explanations. Yeah. I mean, you can go down a whole shit ton of holes of digging into this that don't even start touching on parallel worlds or aliens or anything else. I mean, just natural weirdness, you know. Yeah, that, that is one that Because I told him, he to just started camping, in. and we lost some people in our camping group, and I said, hey, you might oh. want to join, so I kind of invite him, and like, come over, if you see a bunch of vehicles over, come on, have a couple beers, whatever. Because his kids play with my kid, and they yeah. all seem, they seem, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. So if you would introduce him, maybe he'll come start camping with us. I said, he's like, plans are going camping tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you want to just... Did you already get a spot, man? He did already, yeah. He's oh, got, okay. He's got okay. set up for four days, he said. But I said, here, you listen to this episode about, just look up the Missy 411 if you want to get creeped out right before you go camping. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a top of the list to creep people out for yeah. camping. Because he made the comment, he thought I was, he kind of, he's like, oh, you're one of the guys who are hunting by Bigfoot, like, by Lake Pelican. I'm like, no. And I said, is there? I'm like, are there people hunting Bigfoot out by Lake Pelican? <laughs> is, is there a group around there? Cause I, yeah, I, I just kind of want to know about this. I right? don't know I about heard this. that. That would be great to hear. Yeah, that would be interesting to talk to them people. Hell yeah. So but there is that guy it. out there who's got that big foot silhouette on his shed. I mean, like the foot. Oh, just the foot. yep, yep, yep. I don't know what that's about. I may have to check it. I've, always, I've seen that for many years. I'm like, I should check that out. Right, yeah. Because it... there is a guy by Stockholm i got to check out. I just heard recently that he supposedly has some Bigfoot 
activity down in the yellow banks. Oh, really? Yes. Trail cams of it, pictures of it. Blurry trail cam pictures. Right, of it. right. Because so I talked to somebody else and said, yeah, he has these pictures. And supposedly he got a hold of the History Channel, but he was going to charge so much for the pictures, and the History Channel said, F you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, So shit. that kind of makes me leery of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But I'll go look at it if you let me look at it for free, but not take pictures of it. At least I can visually see them. Yeah, yeah, to take a look at it. Because the guy who did see the picture that told me about it said, they're kind of interesting. They almost look like monkey like. Oh, shit. He said, just by the way, he's like, he said, I know it's not a person in a costume because it's way too small unless he got like one of his grandkids to do something. Right. It looks really monkey-like. Oh, weird. So I got to track down that guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I always get I'm pretty little... sure he won't do an interview unless we pay him. We can't yeah, afford to pay exactly. We can't even afford to pay for equipment. If, <laughs> if what he wants, the History Channel is telling him to fuck off with, we certainly can't touch it. No. I mean, But it'd be just crap. cool to get a little backstory on that. Right. So. But yeah, I, I always get a little... Uh, those little things prickle up on me when somebody's like, well, I'm only going to do it if you give me this much money. I, I instantly go, nope. Uh, I go, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not paying you, but how how actual is this if you're wanting Trying to make money it, off you it. You know, like just is that your whole deal with this is you're trying to get money? Yeah. You know, did, did you actually fake this so you can try to get money? Well, I, I got to talk to him about it. I, I, I was on the verge of telling him that there were sightings down by Rawville, but my kid distracted us. <laughs> like, I got to go check on the food I was cooking. Oh, oh, so yeah, I smoked yeah, some yeah. chicken. And I smoked some spam. Chicken turned out kind of dry. Spam turned out really good. Yeah, I want to try that. You can. I got a block for you. you can take home. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Then I did I tell. Did I meant talk yesterday about how I put cameras around the place. No, well, I, we were talking I, a while ago uh, that you were going. Yeah, to... we, I, we, did, we were talking off here, but yeah, we actually set up cameras around the place now. We have two cameras, and no people I have not gotten overly paranoid. Right. But I did do a funny on it. <laughs> it's, it's, because you know like how people, like if you go like if a smart TV and sometimes your phone tries to register it, yep. you know what I put as mine? Oh, boy. I put DARPA is watching you. Oh, That's God. what it is for my camera system. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, see, that, that's even the wife found all. it. She's like, "Oh, I found it. What's this mean?" I'm like, "Don't worry." <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so your, yours is more mature because we got new uh, streaming cable service and all new internet and everything. Yeah. So my wife was gone when that was getting put in. So your, yours is much more mature. When I put things like uh, I, I rename our internet system Cat Butt and shit like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there you go. That's that's ours. But yeah, no. That, uh, this morning, took a stupid dog. She's just been mopey as shit. So my wife's been gone, so she gets all mopey. Yeah. So I, I was like, well, I got back from the store this morning and was grabbing a bag. So she automatically perks up. She's like, oh, poop bag. Are we going to go for a run? And then she'll she'll kind of keep coming in and out till she sees that I have the uh, fucking uh, travel leash. And then she freaks out. But right now, like, we talked a while ago that all the water around here is getting really high. Yeah. Well, I live just a few blocks from a couple of parks where you got a river running through there, and that water is really high. I know it's that. Uh, so, basically... And they're replacing a, a bridge in the same area you're at. I bet that's just yeah, going peachy keen. It actually isn't that bad right now. But, uh, yeah, right away it kind of sucked. I've just gotten used to having to go around it. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, the way that... that bank was is now underwater Ooh. well where the grass was there is a a pretty steep drop off to go down to where the old 
end of basically the the little bit of beach around the river was. Yeah. Well, that's all underwater. Holy. So my my dog, I didn't realize how close she had gotten, went to hop into the river like she would normally do, <laughs> and not realizing there's a massive drop off. So she just like instantly boom, and then just like freaked out trying to get back up. <laughs> well, your dog's kind of floofy, so she oh, yeah, it's, like it's a, a it's a it's a corgi. So I mean, she just got nothing there, just fat. But uh, but it, it's a combination of me like yanking her, trying to get her up the embankment, and her trying to get a foothold on this wet mud and grass. So like the whole side of her was just fucking dirt. Yeah. But because they're doing that uh, construction on that bridge, they actually have massive pumps mm-hmm. set up that are just pulling water out of the areas they're working in. Yeah. So up way up on on the bank is just a, a basically they've created a giant uh, watershed waterfall. Yep. That it's pumping out. So she found that. So she got to go swimming in that. Oh. Where it's at. Well, it's just all water coming oh. right out of the river and then down into, no back poop. into the river on the other yeah. side where they're working. So, yeah, she's about waist high, rolling around in that, washed a lot of the dirt off. So I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, what, why don't you play in there for a while? <laughs> Take her home and had to give her a goddamn bath. So she was wet the rest of the afternoon. At least she's all clean again. But yeah, yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. the instant of her just, like, shock. Because she's a few times a year, I'll let her go run into the into the river before it gets really nasty in like yeah. July. It gets gross. But yeah, she was not expecting to just instantly drop off. As you can just see her, she like puts her head in, goes forward, and just poof disappeared. I was like, uh oh, oh shit, help me, master. That was pretty much it. She's like half on her side, moving her legs but not getting anywhere, and I'm pulling her up the side of the mud. I was like, oh, God damn it, Doug. We're definitely getting So this episode's going to be talking about pets, I guess. Yeah, we were talking about sentient pets. Um, what? <laughs> I think if Pancake was sentient, she probably told you to fuck off. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like... Uh, Give me the What's his name? Furball or uh, Snowball from uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, the dog. The, yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, the robot dog. Yeah, I remember that. Number. What happened to my balls, Summer? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not going to really talk about sentient pets. That'd be a kind of cool episode. We should do that. Maybe uh, in the future. That'd be terrifying. No, it wouldn't. But yeah. It'd be right up our alley. <laughs> we're going to talk would, about secret weapons the government doesn't want us to know about. Or they let us know about and we don't believe them anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, and some of the stuff we're actually going to go down is shit they've worked on. Uh, and, has and supposedly been stopped. Yeah, or didn't work. Uh, they said that didn't work. Right. So we're gonna start. I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna steal your thing. We're gonna steal. What the hell is that? That's oh, the flaming that looks hot Mountain Dew, baby. They finally Ooh. put it out for mass production. It's great. You're hot. Uh, I don't drink a lot of pop, really, but the the flaming hot Mountain Dew is a definite pickup if you like like ginger and oh ginger not that's gross, dude. Yeah, it's 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 got a spicy to it. I love it. Yeah, but I'm gonna start off with Project Thor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. If you breathe in wrong, those vapors get to your nose and your throat, and it's it's brutal. We're gonna. I'm gonna start off with Project Thor, and the way this came about was in in 1967, the Outer Space Treaty was signed, and it forbade nuclear, biological, or chemical weapons in space. Well, the Air yeah. Force came got way around that. They circumvented it. Yep. And what they did is, is the idea was to bundle telephone pole size. Tungsten rods, which are anywhere from twenty foot, twenty feet long by one foot in diameter, yep. 
drop from orbit, reaching speeds up to 10 times the speed of sound. The rod itself would penetrate hundreds of feet into the earth, destroying any potential hardened bunkers, underground bases, or cities, or anything they wanted, because it'd be like getting hit by an ICBM without the nuclear fallout. Yeah, there is no fallout, but the devastation is ridiculous. Ironically, do you know where they got the idea for it? Wasn't it like a sci-fi writer? It was was from a Robert Heinlein book. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It came out in 66. He had this weapon system in his sci-fi book that was basically the same thing it's inertia driven yep. metal rod basically it was two satellites one held yep. the rods and the other one was targeting yep system and it, it, it's kind of crazy that a year later they're like oh no more of this stuff up here they're like we got an idea to get around that yeah Let's so that's, a, that's, that's another thing too where science fiction turns into science fact oh because if you look at it that's yeah that's not even the first example if you look at dick tracy and his television, his television oh, restaurant, yep, yep. that would became yep. science fact. And we'll look at it right now. We got our phones. Oh yeah, and they actually do it with your eye on your your eye watch. Yep. Well, there, there's a lot of that stuff in this day and age. Even when say Star Trek: The Next Generation came out in '87, yeah, the idea of having something like their tricorders and that that you could just have in your pocket, a computer, was beyond the reality. I mean, it yeah. was just like oh. It'd be years and years before we had anything like that. And Two now we later? have them all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just everybody. It's pretty common that almost everyone has a full-on computer that can yep. look things up in your pocket. You That's know? like my math teacher used to tell me. You'll never have a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think, dude. Right. I got one on my phone. <laughs> At the time, it was like, oh, says my Casio calculator watch. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, it, it's crazy that that kind of tech, like I said, I, well, I know even going back to Star Trek, they were, I think, uh, what was it? There was uh, the specs of data, how much information he could run at a time. And at the time, it was like, holy fuck, that's a crazy amount. Yeah. But the teraflops that, that they listed as his ability is so far behind what we actually have, have. at this point. Yep. But yeah, at the, in 87, it sounds like a ridiculous amount because we were dealing with shit that was barely hitting megabytes of, in computers. Yeah. And it's like, teraflops, that's crazy. No, and yeah, like, no, yeah. our average home computer can process <laughs> three times what data could. You know, it's just wild, the, the tech that's come out. Yeah. But also, you got to look, look at this, too. It's like Star Trek, there's a th- thing about it is where Gene Roddenberry was actually in on all this tech to kind of advance society right. without letting people know that the aliens gave them all this yep, tech. Yep, yep. And Same with, like, again, George Lucas was a right. thing. And there again, you have the... It's it's plausible at this point. We are like, well, the people who developed it were inspired by seeing it on these shows. And that's why yeah. they developed it. When perhaps in reality, they were already developed, created then a, a fictional version of it, then released. And then released to be like, we were inspired by this. Yeah. We already had it for 30 years, but... It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys get it now. You'll, you'll get it. Yep, yep you, get, you, got the, you got the beta version. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but yeah, back to Project Thor, the, the uh, Rods of God. Um, they, they said that they dropped this project yep. because of the cost. Because uh, they were looking at roughly $230 million per projectile to create it, put it up there, and then at launch time. $230 million per telephone pole you're throwing down onto the planet. That's nothing nowadays. Which really isn't that much. 
No. When you look at big picture stuff. I mean, maybe at that time it was a bit more, but I don't know. But yeah, that was the excuse they gave for dropping this project. Supposedly. These the are all, I'm going to end all these project endings with supposedly because I'll yeah. guarantee they got some of them suckers. It's some, some of them I would say probably uh, work. Uh, there, there are some of their projects from the past that I think probably they have dropped. Uh, like when they tried to use dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to pick out landmines and shit, and that didn't work so well. No, because dolphins are a lot smarter than us. Yeah. They're like, uh, I ain't gonna commit suicide. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, you you want me to go run to that big booming thing? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that ain't no. gonna happen. We're, we're gonna take off. Now we're gonna talk about the Aurora, one of my favorite ones, the Aurora uh, Project. Yeah. And I, for some odd reason, I tried to look up Project Pumpkin Seed too mm. because I heard there was a tie to it, but you can't find anything. Yeah. Because I've heard, it, I've read it somewhere else in a bunch of other magazines, like either Omni. It wasn't popular science. So I went through their popular science and typed yep. in Project Pumpkin Seed. But I know I've mentioned that them two have been talked about yeah, together. Yeah, linked. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So off the top of my head, I want to say like popular mechanics, popular science, but it, you can go back and they'd have them in there because yeah. this is where you have some of the information about the yep. Aurora Project. But yeah, it's I, I know I've seen it other places too. But off the top of my head, I don't know where it was. A little breakdown of the Aurora Project. Aurora was a rumored mid-1980s American reconnaissance aircraft. There is no substantial evidence that it was ever built or flown. This is all taken from Wikipedia. And it it has been termed a myth. The U.S. government has consistently denied such an aircraft was ever built. Aviation and space reference sites aerospaceweb.org concluded, The evidence supporting the Aurora is circumstantial or pure conjecture. There is little reason to contradict the government's position. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder why that is. Could you kind of be paid by them? <laughs> there, there's there's little reason to contradict what they're saying because they told us not to <laughs> or we will no longer exist. <laughs> Former Skunk Works director Ben Rich confirmed that Aurora was simply a myth in Skunk Works, a book he produced in 1994, detailing his days as director. Rich wrote, again, Skunk Works, yeah, you're going to do exactly what this government tells right. you to do. Rich wrote that a colonel working in the Pentagon arbitrarily assigned the name Aurora to the funding for the B-2 bomber design competition, and somehow the name was leaked to the media. In 2006, veteran black project watcher and aviation writer Bill Sweetman said, Does Aurora exist? Years of pursuit have led me to believe that, yes, Aurora is more likely in active development, spurred on by recent advances that have allowed technology to catch up with the ambition that launched the program a generation ago. Hmm. So you have three people saying, no, it doesn't exist, and one saying, yes, it does. Well, there was enough interest in it. I remember Monogram or Ravel, one of those two, actually put out a plastic model of what they believed the the popular concept of what the Aurora was. And that, yeah, that's it. So I remember seeing it, and I was like, oh, oh, an Aurora model? That's pretty badass. Never bought it, but I wanted to. Yeah. And also, too, like, uh, I, if you go on the Wikipedia website, that's where I'm getting all this information from right now and a couple of little random sources. They're trying to tie it off as SR-71B. Oh. Yeah. That's what it was. But if they, don't, they didn't mention anything about this video. This came out in the late 80s, early 90s. And I can, basically, this was captured by NASA, incredibly oh. enough. And what it was, was they had this contrail through the sky, and it had like a string, a popcorn on a string. Remember that video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a popcorn on a string contrail. Yep. And basically they said, 
and it basically showed it go from like U.S. to Africa, like just like you see the whole contrail, yeah, because it didn't have time to dissipate. NASA actually got pictures of this, yep, and that's basically saying that's the Aurora project because it uses nuclear prop- explosions as propulsion, yeah, time just minimal amounts, yeah, which give that distinctive because uh, even NOAA, the National or whatever the NOAA people, yeah, they couldn't explain the call from it. Like, well, we don't know, it's like going halfway across the globe. Yeah. Contrails are not supposed to last that long. It's from commercial airlines. Right. Even most of our standard jets don't last that long. No. Because they're not going fast enough. But this was contrails like, boop, boop. Like, you know, like. Yeah. And it was just trippy as hell to look at because it went like a long that way. It's. It is a freaking wild. Well, I know I, I had wondered a lot of times, like that triangular shit that had been seen around, if that had actually... Because a lot of times, a lot of the original concept ideas of the Aurora was, from the bottom, a triangular look. It was more of a delta shape. And I've often wondered if some of those uh, triangular ships that have been seen around weren't something attached to that Aurora project. See, now, I'm talking about that popcorn on the string thing. This California sighting actually kind of explains it. <coughs> Excuse me. A series of unusual sonic booms was detected in Southern California beginning in the late 1991 and recorded by the U.S. Geological Survey sensors from across yep. Southern California Damn. used to pinpoint earthquake epicenters. The sonic booms were characteristic of a smaller vehicle rather than a 37-meter-long spatial or, furthermore, neither shuttle nor NASA single. All right. Missed the damn page. <laughs> oh, no, it is. SR-71B was operating on the days that booms had registered. In the article in plain sight, which appears in the Washington City paper on July 3, 1992, pages 12-13, one, one of the seismologists, Jim Mori, noted, we can't tell anything about the vehicle. They seem stronger than other sonic booms that we record once in a while. They've all come on Thursday mornings about the same time between 4 and 7. Former NASA sonic boom expert Dang Megaliri studied the 15-year-old sonic boom data from California Institute of Technology and has deemed the data showed something at 90,000 feet. Jesus. Going between Mach 4 and Mach 5.2. He also said the booms did not look like those from aircraft that have traveled through the atmosphere many miles away as the Los Angeles International Airport. Rather, they appeared to be booms from high-altitude aircraft directly above the ground, moving at high speed. The boom signatures of two different aircraft patterns are wildly different. There was nothing particular to tie this event to any aircraft, but they served to increase the number of stories about Aurora. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's a really high. I mean, when you look at it. Your your average airline flight is I would, running at I just 30 thought of something. To 40. There's a cave. Where the hell is that? Well, well, they got a cave, and it's the cave designated is used for like seismic activity. It's oh, like that like it's somewhere like in Kentucky or something. Yep. And it's just in the middle of this cavern, and they use it, and they can detect any earthquakes around the world. I wonder if that would was running up at time. If I wonder if that because I know it was running up at that time because they used yep. to do the pen and paper thing on it, and now they just made, recently made it digital. I would like to be interested and see what it got for those dates. Yeah, if it picked that up or not. Because it's able to pick up uh, underground nuclear detonations like in North oh, Korea. They told yeah. you when they went off, that's yeah. all they knew. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's something that happened here. Uh, it seems like the same signature you get when you're doing nuclear testing. Yeah. There's another sighting here for the Aurora Project near Amarillo, Texas. Stephen Douglas photographed 
the donuts on the rope, like popcorn on a string, yep. contrail, and link these sights to a distinctive sound. He described the engine noise as a strange, loud, pulsating roar, unique, a deep pulsating rumble that vibrated the house and made the windows shake, similar to a rocket engine noise, but deeper, but evenly timed pulses, which would make the poof in the line. Yep. In addition to providing the first photographs of the distinctive contrail, previously reported by many, the significance of this sighting was enhanced by Douglas reports of intercepts of radio transmissions, air-to-air communication, were between an AWACS aircraft with the call sign Dragnet 51. <laughs> hmm. Don't make that obvious, folks. From Tinker Air Force Base, Oklahoma, and two unknown aircrafts using the call signs Dark Star November and Dark Star Mike. Message consists of phonetically transmitted alphanumerics, it does not know whether this radio traffic had any association with the pulsar that had just flown over Amarillo. Dark Star is also the call sign of AWACS aircraft from the different squadron of Tinker Air Force Base. A month later, radio enthusiasts in California monitoring Edwards Air Force radar call sign Joshua Control heard early morning radio transmission between Joshua, Joshua and a high-flying aircraft using the call sign gas pipe. You're at 67,000 feet, 81 miles out, was heard. Followed by 70 miles out now, 36,000 feet above glide slope. In the past, nothing linked these observations to any particular aircraft program, but attribution to the Aurora helped expand the legend. Hmm. It uh, just, it's kind of, yeah, I don't, it's just, this Aurora project I know exists, because don't get me wrong, I was in the military, I love the military, <clears throat> but right. they have so much crap, and now just DARPA just recently came out and says, yeah, we've had this. There was a thing where um, DARPA was talking about how usually it takes 10 years to get a craft from up and going. Right. They've done it in less than a year now. They got a new fighter craft coming out, stealth craft. Oh, shit. And they did it all the testing in less than a year. Wow. It was just recently on the interwebs. I just wow. seen it when I had my lunch break. I was just Googling for this stuff, and it popped up. Interesting. Yeah, because I was going to say, usually it was, yeah, like a good solid 10 to 15-year window. Just for test flights and high, to yeah. design to test flighting over and over and over and over again before they actually unveil it and go, okay, yeah, here's the new plane. Yep, now they got it down to where they can do it in a year. And if they can, if they can do it in a year, oh my Ooh. God, if you can think of something that can do it in a year, that that's going to increase Ooh. your flight and weapon capabilities exponentially. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's really impressive. Kind of scary, but really impressive. So what do you got? Good Lord, man. You got the good Lord? Oh, Hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> uh, sticking with some of that, uh, you have... Uh, uh, stuff they've been working on, and uh, I think a lot of people have actually been working on it, is actually satellite blinding lasers Yeah, that they've been working on. Uh, I know know they said, yeah, we're still testing. It just doesn't work all that well. But Russia has their own that are up. Uh, But, yeah, basically it's a a laser that uh, shines up onto the satellite to blind all of its visuals to see what's going on on the ground. Um, Along with that, you you pair that with, say, uh, Boeing's advanced tactical laser that they've been working on. No. They, they they slap these things onto <laughs> uh, basically C-130 size uh, planes. So it's a massive thing. Because yep. the thing is like, uh, what they say is 40,000 pounds is, is the, the laser and the battery to control it. 
Well, they just have uh, like yeah, a it's a megawatt class chemical laser. A what? A megawatt class. Okay. Uh, chemical laser is what this thing does. Uh, basically, it uses different chemicals to create super high beam of invisible light. Uh, so it's like the goddamn blue car he- headlights. Yeah, but you can't see a damn thing. Oh. You're just driving along, and all of a sudden, your tank explodes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently, uh, this thing is optimal at 10,000 feet and can accurately target up to five miles away. How big of an area? Uh, well, it is actually designed to strike 100 separate targets in very rapid succession. Within just minutes, just whoop, whoop, burning holes through a whole line of tanks. If they feel So like. basically, it's like Puff the Magic Dragon yeah. from Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, it's like that on steroids. Yeah. Just massively powered. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say Puff the Magic Dragon, Puff the Magic Dragon was used during Vietnam. Is what originally got started. It's actually been used in the Gulf War. Yep. Basically, it's a C-130 that's got uh, M10 on it. Yeah. A 10 millimeter cannon on it. Yep. And it's up there at 30,000 feet. You put in the call signs, and it goes, okay, we'll take out this area, duck and cover. And yep. you, guys, you're fighting in the middle of a gun battle and all of a sudden you're and it's just like a whole row of these 10 meter shells and the enemy never hears it coming yeah just gone yeah this is like a a a, uh much more highly accurate version of that instead of just peppering the whole area and with with uh doing machine gun type of uh spray spray the area and hope you hit everything this one actually targets each individual thing and goes, brop, 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 brop. Okay, those are all done. Is that technically the sound it makes? Yep, I think so. You think so? Okay, that's good. But yeah. Good thing uh, I know you know how to make the sound right. effects of it. But yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, just walk past those tanks. They're useless now. Uh, <laughs> they got rid of that. Oh, that bunker? Yeah, I know. There's a giant hole in there and everything exploded, so don't worry about it. But yeah, it's... it's it terrifying? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's... To say the least. The, the, these are the things that, you know, if... People that that question why you might be worried about uh, the the government trying to take full military control of the country. These are the weapons that are out there that make me go, yeah, that that would be a bad thing. (laughs) Because we don't have any defense. I'm going to say this right now. A lot of movies, actually, that me and Marty watched show this stuff that we're talking about in the movie sense. Because what you're talking about is similar to what Hydra used Mm -hmm. in them Gila carriers. Yes. Where they can target certain things, but yep. they're using projectiles. But it's around the same principle. Yeah. Then, like with uh, Rods of Gods, I was used in G.I. Joe 2 Rise of Cobra. Yep. yep. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's everything you see in movies, folks, the weapons have been thought of by our government already. Well, look at rail guns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's which a good one. Are, I believe, potentially a very effective weapon. But we were seeing in movies handheld versions of that even back in. 96, 97 with Eraser and some yep. of those, they used rail guns. Video games have had handheld rail guns. Yep. Uh, we know for a fact they've been working on... Well, the Navy has the, one actually large, mounted yeah, to a destroyer. Deck-mounted deck rail guns yep. uh, on a couple of ships. And anybody who doesn't understand what, what a rail gun is, it is actually a, a massive set of alternating magnets yep. down the, the barrel of this weapon. And they flick on and off so fast, what it does is produces this magnetic pull and repulsion on a solid metal slug to launch it out of the end of of the weapon 
at just ridiculous amounts of speed. It's a ground-based version of Rods of God. Yep. I mean, it, it's there is no gunpowder. There is no casing. And the funny thing, it, also with railguns too, folks, it has a flat trajectory. It's a straight yes. line. It, there's no curve like with a bullet. Yep. If anybody's done any shooting, you know you, your bullet curves. Yep. It goes downward to whatever. But with the railgun, it's straight. It's all, yeah. It's like good old-fashioned yeah. 7-millimeter miles. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a straight trajectory. And, and I, like I said, we, we know for a fact they have larger ones. And to think that they haven't been working on handheld ones Well, the small, they actually got smaller because if you look up railguns on YouTube, uh-huh. they show you the smaller ones that are actually about the size of a car. And they're going yep. through like 5-foot <clears throat> concrete walls oh, with yeah. nothing. And they're like, yeah, go, let's blow a five-foot concrete and, wall. And really, the, the biggest drawback so far has been the power source. And overheating. Because the batteries that they need need to be so big. And, yeah, they do tend to overheat. Um, but let's look at battery technology even from the last decade. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't have cars like Tesla and some of these other electric vehicles if they hadn't made all these advances in batteries. You think the government didn't wasn't working on those battery ideas before, before these guys were. Yeah. So, yeah, you can guess they're probably 10 years ahead on their battery technology over what we have out now. It's well, I find phenomenal. it kind of funny, too, like you were talking about rail guns being handheld. Right. The government actually right now in the military, like DARPA, I'm going to be saying that a lot today, yeah, right, folks. Right. DARPA, DARPA, DARPA. DARPA is actually working on mech suits. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, why would they need mech suits? Ah, rail guns so they could hold. Yep. So they can, because if it's so heavy, they got to be able to hold it. Yep. It's not from, there's no recoil, but it's just from holding it. Yeah, and one the of weight. those projects is uh, the Talos suit. Yep. That has basically been called the, the Iron Man suit of the Army. Uh, but yeah, it's basically a uh, an exoskeleton that a soldier gets into. It augments their strength because it is, you hydraulic know, a, hydraulic and, and it is basically a robotic mech suit. Uh, that you can strap other weapons onto. The thing is ballistically solid to <laughs> take a lot more hits, so they're not getting dropped if they get hit with one bullet. This thing is protecting you from everything up to, from what I understand, even some of the grenade rounds, yep. really, it'll rock the thing. But it has uh, gyro stabilizers in it to keep them on their feet. Uh, yeah, it seems like a good uh, mobile platform. Oh, I thought for... you were going to say good idea, and I'm like, no, it's not. Well, I mean, there, there is, it is a cool idea. That's how Terminator starts, but, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... It starts with some guy in a suit, then it goes uh, like, yeah. oh, we can't lose people because he died from exhaustion. Let's put a robot in it. Yep, no, yep. no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, speaking of robots like that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be at Nightmares tonight. It probably will, man, because I came across it. No, I'd, I'd seen, everybody has seen the, the dog robots. Oh, other to send in and like the 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 bomb diffusing robots things like that. Well, there's an Australian company called uh, Metal Storm, who has been working with iRobot. Yes, the people who create Roombas. iRobot. Okay, every time I hear iRobot, I didn't know they. Made oh, I, I think of the Will Smith movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a like Asimov. Yeah, the the Asimov uh, stories. Yeah. But yeah, no, they have been working together to make a small death robot, basically. Uh, this thing is loaded with, like, uh, weapon, mostly 40 millimeter, little 40 millimeter, or 4 millimeter grenades. Like, super small little thing. Yeah. Uh, this whole system, they have a new weapon system they've developed for it, where basically all the ammo is just loaded into, like, little tiny barrels in this thing. 
And because of just the way it works, they're magnetically, like, drop into place. Okay. This thing almost has no misfires. Uh, and it is not blasted off, say, with your typical uh, cap cap and Fire percussion. And cap. Yeah. It's actually electrically launched out of this thing. Oh, better yet. <laughs> yeah, so the, these things can realistically... they they I couldn't find any real pictures of it. But how they described it, it's almost like a, a Star Wars astromech put into a, like a little wheel section filled with little tubes all the way around it. So they could literally come into your neighborhood and just start launching off these micro grenades and empty everything in less than a minute. And just just rolling death machines. Awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, all linked into a computer system, like I said, that, that electronically ignites and fires these grenades out. So it has very... I'm super excited to see this come right. out. Yeah. Well, you should you should feel comforted, because iRobot has said they're actually programmed to go ahead and act autonomously, so we don't <laughs> have to worry about human error. Oh, human error, like, yeah. Oh, Oh, no, no, this is exactly how all these movies start, man. So, basically, it's going to be like that room <laughs> that... that now, what happens, like, with a room where you know, it runs over dog shit? Right. I'm like, well, oh, they've great. they've changed that now, too. The new ones don't do it. They they notice it and then walk around it. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the little article I saw in this, they were like, basically, what we're picturing is all of the little roving, roving death robots from Terminator... <laughs> that would go rolling around over all the skulls, picking other people off. That's what this this kind of seems like it is. And they're actually promoting this. Oh yeah, no, they're they're more than happy. iRobot that makes Roomba. Yeah, iRobot and Metal Storm out of Australia. They must get some government contracts from hell. <laughs> yep, because yeah, I think they're dealing with the robotic section of it, and Metal Storm <laughs> is actually a weapons manufacturer. They do different stuff, propulsion and stuff like that, and they're the ones who come up with this new weapon system. To hook onto a tiny autonomous any robot. Them, like, we've always said this in several different episodes. Do any of these motherfuckers actually watch sci-fi movies? Right. It's never a good idea. Yeah. It, it, to give weapon systems complete... Oh, they're fine. They're autonomous. Yeah, they're, they're no! autonomous. They're autonomous. No, it's badly for us you, humans. You realize Australia is also, like, was one of the first countries to admit that they'd created a, a almost fully functioning AI, right? Is that really the country you want to be pulling this stuff out Plus of? Plus, in Australia, you're not allowed to have any guns. <laughs> yeah. They took all their guns away. Oh, yeah. No, all the guns. But that's probably why. Yeah, well, they can work on it. <laughs> it doesn't sound from working on this. But, yeah, it's, if I want to, if, if I remember, I don't remember if I wrote it down exactly. But, yeah, they were just like little, like little, uh, like 40 millimeter grenade. Just boop, 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 boop. Just basically a roving cannon of grenades could dump its whole payload in less than a minute into an area. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. No, no, I don't want that. That sounds okay, horrible. Okay, that- yeah, no, no, that is not a good idea. If you're, right, right. If you're, I know we have listeners in Australia. If you have any information on this, like from the papers, we would actually, I would like to see photocopied copies of yeah. an article. That'd be cool as hell to have in the oh, studio yeah. hanging no, on the wall. Idea. So we can actually force say our kids or my grandkids. This is what happened. People this, came, get goddamn Roombas guns. This, this is when the robot war started. Yeah. Robot War One. With Roombas. You know, uh, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, the article I wrote, they're like, yeah, we're just Are you sure it wasn't a satirical the, uh, article? No, it, it was not, actually. No. Oh, God, Lord. No, I, I would <laughs> wish it was, but it was not. I was just like, oh, God, Roomba. Oh, oh no. Stock must be really knows that. Let's, we got to go in the military. Or, t- t- too many dog shit. <laughs> right. well, like I said, you, you know, if you, because I'm sure they're they're banking on on government funding, funding to do this. Yeah. So even if their their public stock drops, 
It doesn't matter. They're going to be set. Yeah. You know, they're still going to get paid off on it. Well, I'm going to turn it over to something a little, maybe a little, well, just as deadly, but it's a government thing. We're going to talk about the world famous harp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Harp is basically, it's a high auroral, I got it written down here somewhere, high frequency auroral, active auroral research program. This technology has been and continues to be used to for weather control, conspiracy theories say. Yes. To cause earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, to just, I said tsunamis right, twice now. You did. Yay for me. To disrupt global communication systems and more. These researchers point to major aspects of the program which are still being kept for alleged reasons of national security. Okay, folks. I would have to say Harp is located in Alaska, if I remember my... I didn't... I just... Yeah, it's in Alaska. Yeah, we've... We've, we've touched on it lightly. We've both looked into Harp before. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a scary program. Because there's people that actually claim it's actually used for mind control. Right. And one of the things I did not know about this is it has a tie to the Columbia sh- um, shuttle. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah, because of Harp's futuristic seeming research and organization, official science that is developing future tech tools, including the aforementioned radio frequency transmitters. Skeptics assert it has the fortitude to disrupt the communication network. Harp, they claim, has capacity to dismantle entire electronic communication systems with this far-reaching technology. Related to this capability are accusations that Harp was behind the malfunction of the Columbia Space Shuttle crash in 2003. And was responsible for destroying crafts, the craft's electronic devices. Ranger, radio engineer Marshall Smith, who was monitoring HARP on the fateful day of flight STS 107's demise, backs up this claim, contending that HARP was operating in missile defense mode starting 90, 90 minutes before Columbia's re entry and then for another 90 minutes afterwards. An official investigation, however, reported that the damaged wing was the actual responsibility for the malfunction. Right. Uh, see, that that's another one of those where you go into real touchy stuff, at least for me. Because it's like, it could honestly just be a coincidence that they were running at the same time. Yeah. That something horrible happened. But at the same time, it, it's like, well, of course they're, they're not going to say that that was to blame when they're still funding money into that. And by the time the Columbia went down, we were already almost out of our shuttle program anyways i honestly believe we should never stop I, I don't think so i think we should have gone in and advanced mm-hmm. other stuff um and yet then they get angry because private companies have started doing it it's like well, well yeah. you can't be angry at them because uh this shit maybe you guys should have been doing instead of ago. dumping your money into something else and just elon musk used re- um was it blue Project? no not whatever elon musk with his no, reusable spacex rock- spacex stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that man, that reusable rocket system is fucking wicked. Yeah, it it is such a cool. I'm I'm glad they finally gotten it to really kind of work because I know right away it was it was it, not so good, it's like but it's anything. trial and error. The same know, way with the Apollo it. program. Oh, was yeah, the same yeah. way. Oh, How many God, astronauts yeah. actually died? Like the gem was it one of the Gemini ones? Yeah, Gemini's. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at how many rockets we blew up unmanned, just trying to get the damn things to to yep. fly up. Let alone make them come back down we lost so many of them before we were putting people into them yeah which again i go back to those early astronaut guys all bad motherfuckers those motherfuckers were pulling test pilots Mm -hmm. because you had to be crazy to be like yeah i'll go up in that well we've we've blown up like 38 of them ah 30 we had we had two that that made it 
those are not real good odds to no. be like, yeah, strap me on the top of that fucking thing. Let's let's see how far we go. But yeah, yeah. no, those test pilots at that time, they were crazy guys anyways. They oh, yeah. were just nuts. They were wild. But yeah, it took a lot of balls to do that stuff, man. I think they deserve a little more Recognition. credit than what they get at this yep. point. It, it seems like even when I was a kid, there was a lot more put behind. It's like, oh, shit, Buzz Aldrin's going to be here. You know, like, like, and now it's just like, who? No, god damn, dude. He's, you know, one one of the first guys up here doing this crazy shit out here. Mm-hmm. Without these guys doing that, we wouldn't realistically, be, well, you'd be way farther behind in your satellites and having your cell phones right now. Yeah. Because of all the things we learned from doing that, we could launch satellites up there and keep them up for as long as we do now. But... See, speaking of Buzz Aldrin and them guys going up in space, I wonder if any of them actually seen the Black Knight satellite uh, before there was actually supposedly. Yep. So I believe the Black Knight satellite is up there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely do. Because it's because I, I wonder if they actually they saw because especially who's that guy that went around the Earth twenty two times? Uh, I'm sorry, we should have done better research. Alan was but we didn't know we were going down this road. By the way, there's an astronaut. Right. He, he orbited the Earth twenty two times before he came back down. Yeah. I guarantee he had to have seen that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, if anybody doesn't know, I'm going to do, give a slight description of what the Black Knight satellite is. The Black Knight satellite is an object seen in Earth orbits. Though its composition is unknown, many believe it is constructed of some sort of metal, as it is metallic and reflective when light hits it. It moves slowly through space, apparently not in line with how the Earth's gravitational should have moved it. The first known sighting was in 1954, but photographic proof was not provided until 1998. I call bullshit on that because I guarantee NASA knew it was up there and they took oh, a picture yeah. of it. Yeah. But will we get will we get into the proof later? Some accounts of the Black Knight satellite claim it has been orbiting Earth for a century, but there is absolutely nothing to substantiate this. According after this, the proof was shared with the world. The object disappeared from orbit and has not been seen since. See, that's the funny thing about this. It still makes its round because they can actually track it. Yeah. NASA has been said, yeah, we've tracked this. We don't know what it is because it will go one way around the Earth. Then yep. it will change and go. Basically, you got the elliptical orbit. Yep. Then it goes to pole orbit, which is from pole to pole. So what yep. do you got? when I say elliptical, I mean from left to right. Yep. When I say pole to pole, east I mean to west, east to west. Know. And this is north and south. Yeah. Well, I, I know a <laughs> and lot I'm pretty of sure them. space junk just can't move on its yeah, own see, like that. Yeah, like, like a lot of it when that first started coming out, they're like, oh, no, that's just leftover space junk. But yeah, that, that stays in an orbit until it finally loses orbit and falls. This changes it, it doesn't orbit. change orbit, man. It it, it it needs propulsion to do that. Yeah, it, it gradually changes its height and burns up in the, the upper atmosphere. But they, they don't radically do a 90 degree turn and go, well, we're going this way now. It, it does not do that without something acting on it to move it. No, because not how it works. It was supposedly, it was first noted like um, Nikola Tesla said yep. he thought he was he thought something was orbiting us because it some people out there believe that the black side site black night satellite <laughs> black night, god damn it it's a lot it's a lot yeah basically they thought it's been watching the earth or species as it evolved because right. it goes back if you really look into it there's reports of somebody um enoch oh yeah, yeah the book yeah. enoch enochian book they yeah. talk about him going up there and seeing the spacecraft open wings which is kind of what the Black Knight is supposed to look like. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and the story of Enoch's uh, interesting anyways, because he, he he went up, he was taken up by angels, yep, and disappeared for, like, what was it, 100 years? Yep. 
<laughs> and then comes back and is like, hey, everybody, it's me, Enoch, I'm back, and hasn't aged in that hundred years. Yeah. Which what we know now with uh, space-time and things like that, uh, it, it's, it does operate differently. The faster you on, go. On, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, the relativity and everything is right into that. Is you know, it's... Uh, what was that movie uh, Nolan did? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of what. The oh, movie I, I know, is. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, that's well, the whole Matthew thing. McConaughey on that. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing on that. Is like the faster they're going out into space, time back here is going faster while they are actually not Interstellar. Aging. Interstellar is a very cool movie. But yeah, it, it's uh, interesting idea that he would have been up there. He would have been gone maybe a week, and you come back, and it be years. realistically could have been a hundred years when the guy came back. This is a story that may not just be a, you know, myth from the Bible. I mean, this guy could have actually been up on this thing. See, but now I gotta. So you know how I know NASA knows it's real because of this one object they're using, the X thirty seven B orbital test vehicle. Yeah. It's kind of hard. I just ran across this. I actually didn't know about this till like two years ago. There yep. was actually a thing on the internet. I don't think they meant to put it out, but they had <laughs> yeah. What the X seventy X thirty seven B orbital test vehicle or OTV is an experimental is an experimental test program to demonstrate technologies for the test platform of the U.S. Air Force. The primary objective of this X thirty seven B are twofold: reusable spacecraft and operating experiments can be returned and examined on Earth. See, I think they're using this X-37B, because when I first heard about it, I was like, God damn, this thing was up in orbit for two years. Two right. years! I'm like, what is it doing up there? I think it's actually docking with the Black Knight satellite and getting, gleaning information, and there's a communication. They figure out what's going on, because there's always been things about the Black Knight satellite. Yeah. It's giving off radio signals. I think yep. someone actually cracked it and is using that. As an unmanned thing, because the X-37B orbital test vehicle, it's only it's as big as a truck. Yeah. They got F-10, whatever, it's a full-size truck, that's how big it is. Yeah. I bet you it's docking with that Black Knight satellite, and there's communications <clears throat> between whatever that owns that and us. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think the Black Knight is manned. No, it's unmanned. You know, I, it's a satellite. I, I, yeah, it's, I think it's... You know, uh, receiving directions from somewhere. I think it's partially AI. Yeah. I mean, that's because it's, it's running on its own program of this is what you're doing. Yep. Every so often, go this way. You yeah. know, <laughs> really fuck them up because they saw you now. So, because I bet you, like, I kind of agree that's probably been watching us evolve. And now it's like we're in a space technology. It's like, all right, it, it, it understands that once our species reach a certain point where it's going into space, it's going to actually try and make contact with it. Because right. the X, that orbital vehicle, X37B, I guarantee is. Launching up to it, mating with it, not mating it like sexually, oh, right, right, yeah. found a way, and that's what it's doing. Yeah. Because why would you have a test vehicle up there? I could see this two things: one, it's hooking up to the satellite, or two, it's using experiments for long radio space radiation exposure for future space travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a little of both. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah oh, no. We'll spend a year uh, talking to the Black Knight, then we'll do a year of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or if it's something where. Maybe they're, like I said, it's hooking in there and kind of uh, trading info back and forth. We're learning. Yeah. It's, it's, like, hey, we're, so taking, what, what we, we're what, taking this from them. What would we have to trade with a Well, just giving species? them 
any update maybe that that thing isn't picking up, you know. Um, because, yeah, we don't know the capabilities of what it's tracking, what it can read. Uh, the idea of satellites being more than what they are has, I, I would say, really fueled during Cold War stuff. Yep. Because you look how many movies you have, especially like through the 80s at the height of, of the Cold War, where at some point in it, a, a uh, one of our, our test satellites shoots down something. I mean, there was a shit ton of movies that, that involved that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Maximum Overdrive, even. The end Maxim- of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it yep. was like, oh, it's oh, this one of our... Uh, uh, Satellites had a nuclear weapon on yeah, it. Yeah, ah. it, it shot this UFO down that was creating chaos down here. <laughs> like Weird. Like all the vehicles. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, Night of the Comet, shit like that. Yeah. Hell, you had a whole slew of Comet movies simply like in 85, 86, because Haley's Comet was coming yeah. back around. But yeah, it's the idea of us uh, for decades of like, oh, we got this up there. Oh no, it's just testing stuff, and we knew damn well we had them, and Russia both had armed satellites up yeah, there. Yeah, because occasionally, mean, for some odd reason, one of their satellites will like one of ours. Oh yeah, explode out of the blue. Yep. How oh, it really shouldn't oh, explode some, like that? Some <laughs> space junk hit it and just took it out. Really? Yeah, no. But yeah, going back to like the Black Knight, like we haven't seen it for quite a while when we track it some of it if we are kind of working with it at least you know yeah. transferring with as much goes into our, our space flights well one we don't have that many anymore um but two we definitely know where it's going to be to avoid having any of our astronauts be yeah, in like the area where it's a piece going of to. space junk and that nasa yeah. and air force there's actually developed Specialized department. That's all they do is track space yes. junk for fuck's yeah. sakes. Because yeah. there's so much up there. It, it's kind of scary how much shit. Oh, is you're, just you, if you look around. up on the map, say oh, yeah. the map of space it's junk. Disgusting. It's just like it looks like if, anything, if that was all come down at one time, we all be awesome. Well, man, that a lot of stuff will hit the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. There's enough of it, and, it, and it, yeah, it's not like it's like oh here's some tubing. It's like oh here's the the hull of of a satellite we don't use anymore. It's the size of a Volkswagen. Yeah, and there's like yeah, there's still going to be a big <laughs> chunk of it that's going to land and not get burned up, and create a giant Tunguska blast. You know, I mean, that's realistically. Yeah. But yeah, it's actually kind of sickening to see how much shit is just dumped around the goddamn. If you get a more picture, like picture if you anyway, if you have kids, I know you've seen the movie Wally. That's what it's yeah, like, yeah, folks. Yeah, it, that's it's, exactly it really what it's is. like. It's so horrible. When they leave Earth, and it's like, yep, that's what. <laughs> I mean, we, we get the gorgeous pictures back of the, the blue earth. But, yeah, th- those shots aren't, you know, newer shots aren't, aren't really looking at all the garbage that is flying behind the, the yep. satellite. Yeah, it's just a shit pile. It's just, it's actually really disgusting how much. So what else have you got there? Yeah, uh, let's not talk about God depressing stuff. That's just horrible. Guess, uh, there guess. are a few weapons uh, I know that have come out that... Uh, they said didn't work like they wanted. Uh-huh. Wink. Um, wink, wink. One of them being the, uh, it, it's colorfully called the Death Frisbee. Oh, fuck. Uh, but what it is. <laughs> is it like the flying cousin of the iRobot Roomba? <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, it, it is a, uh, it is a, tall, a tiny, small flying disc that is basically launched out of, like, if you've ever done uh, trap and skeet shooting. Yep. It's basically launched off of one of those trigger skeet shooters. And then they had two different versions. 
one that was just programmed, like kind of like an RC, just to be like, hey, go up to this place and go. And others are actually controlled once it's in the air. But it's basically just a little flying disc that uh, they can actually control that uh, uh, can run in. It's actually small enough to like get up into upper floors of buildings <laughs> and go in through the window and be like, oh, here's a bunch of these guys in this room. Now you go off. <laughs> and, and it had two options for, for blowing up. It had... If you're trying to take out a bigger target, it could actually concentrate and use like a, a large explosive and just blast and and uh, like a claymore. Yeah, uh, like, like a claymore. Uh, the other one option is you can actually use it as more like a frag, flying frag mine, awesome. where it launches thousands of projectiles into the room, anti personnel basically. Yeah, oh, a bunch of guys up there we need to take out. This thing launches in through the window and then goes and just explodes into thousands of pieces of shrapnel. I know they didn't shredding everything. I know they didn't drop this program because look at oh, our drone no. technology today. That's yeah, there's that's the drone technology we use to say this little drones. Yeah. No, that's just wonderful. I'm glad these guys don't watch any but sci-fi yeah, movies. Uh, yeah, it's one of those that are like, yeah, no. It's just not really that practical with all the other stuff you have. I'm like, oh, bullshit. That's the most bullshit. practical thing. <laughs> You're right. You found better ways to do it. So well, that, that one was canned. <laughs> if you look at that little, there's a YouTube, there's a toy you can buy on YouTube where it's, you throw it and it comes back to you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's big as a, yep. well, it's, it's, uh, it's probably about six inches in diameter. Yep, maybe. Yeah, five like to that, six. No, that's not practical at all. Let's make a toy out of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> Take the weapons out of that one. Sell it to <laughs> well, fucking I know whammo. It's, you know, well, because there's a video tube, YouTube. I don't think you can find it anymore. I'm not sure. But there was a kid out there that got investigated by the FBI because he actually hooked up a 9mm pistol to his drone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... That was just like four years ago yep. when that came out. So you know the FBI thought killer frisbees. They're there. Oh yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny thing was, uh, like like uh, the article kind of made a joke. It's like, oh, it'll be easy to to find who the insurgents are if we start using that because they're the ones that'll have the dogs that are trained to chase frisbees. I'm like, oh, oh no, that's, that's just horrible. Wrong. That's, that's just horrible. horrible. But even there, they have a lot of stuff that uh, they've been working on that is non-lethal. Uh, which we kind of gotten into yesterday. We did? Uh, with the uh, humming. Oh, yeah, yeah. The MK, yeah. Uh, they have something that is called the phaser program. Now, it is not Star Trek phasers, but it's the uh, personnel halting and stimulation response rifle. Now, basically what it does is it uh, launches out uh, uh, light pulses and immediately gives you like uh, uh, vertigo and the tests they've done on it, it people instantly stop they either can't walk or they try to get the hell away as fast as possible but it messes with your your equilibrium by flashing those ear. lights oh no and and yeah it's uh <laughs> it, it's apparently very effective and uh, i'm sure they've been developing that uh farther than what it is oh yeah that be like you said, non-lethal and be used for like riot control, right? And population control. <laughs> and, and that is one I believe that is. Oh no, that was a different gun. They they actually also and it's used for. Uh, realistically, it's going to be used for crowd control, uh, but is I never found an actual title for it. Uh, but it's 
typically called the vomit gun. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, Minority Report, the uh, six sticks that the, the officers use that hit you and you immediately become nauseous and throw up and fall over. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what this does. Um, it looks like uh, 2007 is when they were originally working on this. And what it does, it, it blasts out a shot of radio frequency that they have figured out creates motion sickness almost immediately in about 95% of the population. So you instantly, as soon as you're hit with this, drop to the ground, start throwing up. If you've ever had like car sickness, especially as like a kid, it just instant wave of that nausea. Stop talking about it. I'm trying to get that instant wave. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is just like, oh God, what a horrible thing. What's well, non-lethal? Well, and then you have things like the uh, active denial system, which I know they'd worked on. Active uh, denial, okay. I have not even heard of that one. Oh, really? Uh, no. Yeah, it's, again, it's another crowd control device. Okay. Where what it does is it sends out like a, a blast of, oh, excuse me, electromagnetic radiation. Not enough to like kill you, but it gives your skin the sensation that it's burning. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it chases people away basically. They're run as fast as they Basically can. Basically, it's a controlled micro, microbeam yeah. burst. Yep, yeah. And it just, you start getting itchy, your skin feels like it's burning, and people just scatter. Yeah, to well, get the actually, well, recently on YouTube, I was looking, I, they mentioned something about that, I didn't yep. think it was called that. But they show these people actually lined up for this test. Yep. And they had like eight people, and this system can target individuals from over yeah. a quarter mile yeah. away. Because all of a sudden, they just stand there, and they tell the people, all right, test has started. And they're standing there. All of a sudden, you see two of them just go, Phew! just, they're all like, what the hell? Yep. They're like targeting two people from a quarter mile away yep. with microbeams. Yep. And yeah, it, it it gives the sensation that you're basically being microwaved. You're yeah, being it's like, if you said, they said afterwards, I feel like all of a sudden my skin got hot and my face yep. got hot. It's like. And it doesn't really do any permanent damage. But it's just a sudden clicking. Yeah. But it's, it's. It would do damage if they enough. kept it on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eventually it will. <laughs> be like the hot dog explodes in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's... it's Things like that I, I'm a little more okay with because they are a non-lethal. They can be branded lethal pretty quickly. Yeah. But if you're going to find ways to disperse crowds, I would rather have that than, than even, say, like, tear gas like we have now. You know? Tear gas I, ain't that bad. I went through the tear oh, gas I don't chamber. enjoy it at all. Huh? I don't enjoy it at all. It cleans your science. Tear gas right or, or, uh, or uh, uh, pepper spray is unpleasant. Pepper spray, no. Tear gas ain't that bad. <laughs> pepper spray is unpleasant as shit. But, yeah, no, it's... I don't know. I guess I'd rather see him working on things like that. Yeah. Uh, even, say, like, the, the uh, beanbag shotguns and stuff that they use to disperse people or just to subdue them. So you're, want, so you're saying that you'd be against the CIA consider that when it considered weaponizing lightning. No, no, I'm all for it. Just don't target <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, the CIA actually... I'm, I'm picturing Dynamo from Running Man now. No. Opera singing, this blasting is actually, his lightning. I don't think this actually... I think they probably quit this because from what I read in this article, it doesn't seem very practical. Yeah. Because how it works is basically they would shoot this uh, few thousandths of an inch in diameter leader into this a storm. Oh, okay. That's several miles long, and you would have to have it in the ground, the area where you want it to be, and you have to hit the storm. So the practicality of it is, uh, yeah, unless there's a storm over where you're attacking, it's right. not very practical. But then we go back to harp. Yeah, harp. Controlling whether to bring a storm into the area you need. Oh, yeah, and they're talking. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. all I'm saying. 
So uh, yeah, because yeah, we'll, we'll jump back on Harp here, but there's a lot of people that actually believe Harp actually controls weather. And some of the stories because like Katrina has been blamed on Harp. Yes. And the funny thing is, the guy five years before Katrina disaster happened, he wrote a book saying this is exactly what would happen. Yeah. And you can't really find this guy. No. Uh, I, I think you can find the book around, but, uh, yeah. I don't and he, he had this book. It was a fictional book he wrote. Yep. Well, that actually pseudo-fictional. Pseudo-fiction. It's just like the same thing with the people that, the guy who wrote the book Titan about oh, the yep. ship yep. and the Titanic, the correlation. It's like yep. so many years before. Like, people can see what's coming. Oh, yeah. But like with the Katrina thing, he was dead nuts on saying, yes. this is going to fail. This is going to fail, which leads to this. Yep. And, and everybody's and, like, you're so full of shit. Five years later, it exactly happens like this yeah, guy all, projected. Yep, all the levees, everything that he had said. Which actually is really scary because I know we're off track like normal. Yeah, but but yeah. there is a book out there called One Second After. That is the most traumatic book I have ever read in my life. Really? You got, I thought I gave you a copy. I don't know if I have there. I'll have to look. One Second After, folks. If you get it, this guy is actually, this book was given to everybody in Congress. About what could happen with an EMP pulse. No. And this book is the most heartbreaking, dramatic book you'll ever read. The first one's really, really, really good. I actually cried in certain parts because this guy, author, went into so much detail about what would happen. He actually sat down and thought about the medical stuff, what people would do. And there's a scene in there. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it's really heartbreaking what happens to this child. Wow. It's called, this book's called One Second After. I got it somewhere in my massive library. I'll post notes in the show. Yeah. But if anybody gets a chance, if you're listening to Paranormal or anything, just read this book. Yeah. It is so lifelike. It's so gritty. It's like, it will happen if that goes down. Yeah. EMPs, uh, low-key kind of terrify me. Just, even when you just look at the surface of what all is going to be messed up by emp blasts yep over a country and, and it's easy into... it, it's easy for any other country that doesn't like us to do it oh it's yeah. not that hard no it's because pretty easy i would go into logistic you guys look right. up i'm not going to say it on the podcast because i don't want to get in any trouble but if you look up the information it's on the internet oh, i'm yeah. not going to say anything about it and it's not that hard no and there's hardly anything you can do to stop it once it no. hits a certain point and, and like I think we've talked before, our infrastructure is really not set up to deal with that. They've been getting warned for over 20 years to yep. guard against this kind of stuff. and No one does anything. Nothing's been changed. No. Nope. Like, it is very susceptible. I mean, you realize EMP is electromagnetic pulse. It basically takes out all electronics. Which we are so dependent yeah. on. Yeah. In this day and age, you knock out even just a couple satellites... And then take out our, our ground grid. This whole country is, is going to be in the dark ages. Because we are so reliant on yep. everything tech. And all that tech requires energy. And we will not have it at that point. Like I said, that's the, the terrifying part of those things to me. Is just that. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah, but we are the, not our government prepared. does not have secret weapon programs to protect us from any of this. They don't. They have secret weapons to weaponize, but right. I don't think they really think about the practicality defensive. of protect defensive. It's well, you offensive. would you would think. So I can understand 
up until 9-11 happened. Yeah. We did have an arrogance to our country where it's like, nobody's going to attack us. We're the fucking U.S. You're not going to get through our stuff. We have all this tech. People found low-tech ways to do it. At that point, our government has no excuse to be like, oh, they can't attack us. No, they did. Uh, we've already learned this lesson once. Let's learn that lesson and and put money into defensive projects opposed to offensive. All right. We're going to go off the deep end here. I remember, I can't, just last week I was talking to somebody, and he used to work at a bigger corporation. I cannot say exactly what it was. I can't remember. But he was talking about how actually China, during the COVID lockdown, China hackers actually hacked into his company and took over. Oh, yeah. I I can believe that. Yeah, because it just popped in my head. That's a totally different episode about hacking and that. Yeah. But China actually hacked into his program, his company, and his, I can't remember exactly what his company did, but it was something fairly important. Right. They said that it took him like three weeks to get him out. Holy shit! Yeah, no, I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, they, and we have people that are doing the same thing. Oh yeah, that's all they're doing, twenty four hours a day. This this group is just checking other people's bullshit, getting into their bullshit, yep. and stopping other people from trying to get into our bullshit. There's there's like a whole <laughs> A uh, 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 field of of work now involved just around digital attack and protection. It's wild. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about liberty now. The Liberty Lifter from DARPA. Did you see no, this? No. No. You see that? That's when it, they just put it on the internet. Oh, damn! Just like last week. And this is a plane. It's. I want everybody here stop the uh, stop the podcast for a second. Go look up the Gray Goose. Oh, yeah. Airplane that Howard Hughes was involved with? Yep, yep. This is what the Liberty Lifter is pretty much like, but it's got a twin cockpit. And the funny thing is, it's it's only made made to fly. It's basically like a hydrofoil. Oh. It only flies like right above waves. It's only made to fly like 30 feet above the waves on the ocean. Oh, shit. So two things stuck out in my head. If you're that close to the top of the waves, you're always under the radar. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this airplane craft massive, and it's used, and it's going to be used for like ground deploying tanks in certain areas. Oh no, shit! Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool looking. I gotta say, man. Yeah, look it up. This is called the Liberty Lifter by DARPA. It said it has launched the Liberty Lifter project to demonstrate the capabilities by designing, building, and flying a long-range, low-cost X-plane capable of seaborne. Travel, new vehicle concept, seeks to expand upon existing cargo aircraft by providing revolutionary heavy lifting, says DARPA. This plane is designed to fly, is capable to fly at 10,000 feet, but it also is right above the waves. I can't, uh, well, it has a video, and it shows it just above like 20-foot waves, and it kind of uses, actually, the the science is there. Yeah. Because it uses the current off the the waves to go up on it. It uses a little bit of lift. Yep. Uh, then they damn. have it uh, doesn't show it here on this picture here but it shows it has like two s files that drop down from oh, the okay. tip yep. so it can use that for hydroplaning ah damn dude but uh, yeah it, goes it only back has to 10 engines on it that's wild dude now i i go back to like i always do with darpa this is what they're telling us that's being used for that's hard to already made what what is what is it uh actually built for you know what i mean with them it's, it's to get to atlantis in the middle of the ocean without uh, anybody knowing it's there we, we get to the uso base and uh call it good yep pretty much oh uh, that's wild man that's because just cool think if they ship. had that plane 
what they can actually transport without anybody oh, knowing it. Yeah, because the thing's actually really big. It's, I mean, it's made to haul several tanks. Yeah. And tanks, Abram like tanks. Like they're, they're using it to, to advance cargo shipping and that. Uh, no. Which, which is The video great, even shows, but, uh, if, you, if you go on the internet and watch the video, it actually shows them unloading like Humvees and tanks and all like, yeah, where's the cargo? It's on some, it's on, it shows an island with palm trees on it. Yeah. Unloading yeah. tanks. Oh, dude, that's wild, man. Yeah. Is that, is that all metal then? Or what yeah. Are they, really? Yep. Damn. That is well, they never really say I'm, ma- I'm making that assumption, yeah, but I bet there's probably a lot of fiberglass in it because yep, it's probably yep, the yep. same technology for like these um, wind towers. Yep. Make it out of that, it's a lot lighter and it's oh, just yeah. as durable. Yeah, it'll take a, it'll, they'll take a pretty good beating. Uh, wow, that's <laughs> goddamn crazy. That's cool as hell. That is really cool as hell. DARPA's Liberty <laughs> Lifter. Uh, that's what it's called. They're lifting mm. Liberty up. Apparently. By putting down other countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, let's put our liberty down here. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn you, DARPA. Yeah, no, like I said, every time they come we out We love with you, DARPA. Right. Yeah, whenever they come out with something, they're like, oh, look, we're showing that we can do this. Like, yeah, but we really build it for, because I'm sure it wasn't uh, designed to do that. It'll do that. Yeah. But that's not what it was originally designed no. for. But nice try. Nice try. So if we want to ever invade Fiji. <laughs> right, right, yeah. We can do it by plan. We need our Fiji water, damn it. We're not paying $3 a, a bottle. This is ours now. Send over the Liberty Lifter. Yep. Lift that water back over here. <laughs> so that's about all the stuff I, crazy stuff I got. What about yeah, you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's about it. I've, uh, for right now, I mean, it's... Yeah, we could do more research. Super, super weapons are, are things that have been around for for fucking ever you can yeah. even go back to say like the the archimedes death ray you know is a, a supposed ancient super weapon that was created great early early laser really is what it was yeah. as a or a giant magnifying glass with ants except the ants were ships yeah but uh yeah no proof that exists uh, pictures of chiroglyphs <laughs> yeah uh yeah other than stories of it then you got the greek fire also yeah, greek fire which I love. It's basically it's, cool it's napalm, dude. Uh, yeah, it, it's all basically it was. super sticky napalm. Yeah, uh, but without you know the exact ingredients. And hanging out with the military, the, I had sorry, I was a driver. Oh, the fun things I learned. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I found out interesting uses for like deck cord. Oh, oh, oh God! We actually, we had this. Uh, this story's fine. I told there's a, a sergeant major I was driving around, and where he wanted to park, there was a goddamn tree in the way. I'm like, really, dude? We can just park like 20 feet away. No, I was like, I want to park here. I'm like, there's a eight foot tree in the way. Yeah. He's like, he says, go get stuff in the back, and he had a case he brought. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, cool. See what this stuff is? And I know exactly. It's dead. Oh yeah, yeah. He had like a big spool of it. He goes and wraps it around the base. Several times. Oh, God. Gets back over the Humvee. Says, watch this. He turns it. He's like, whap! That's what he was like, whoop! Yep. I'm like, I didn't do anything. He blew up the ground by the tree. All of a sudden, the tree starts falling over. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Do not do that with dead court, folks. (laughs) No, that's that's a bad idea. Effective. But we got to part where he wanted to. And I'm like, it's it's really, dude. It didn't really matter that much, man. Yeah. To him, it I, did. I, just, I just wanted to blow a tree out of the ground. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I get it. But yeah, no, man. There, there's been years of of secret weapons, you know, from ancient times to now that 
people were scared of. Sometimes with some of those, I think all they had to do was put out the idea that we have this yeah. to keep people away. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, same concept as, as you know, the, the uh, nuclear standoffs of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yep. We have more weapons than you. You will also die if you do this. A standoff of who's got the bigger weapons and who's basically mad to use mutual it. assured destruction. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean it's it's something that I, I think as long as there have been people in control and and having any kind of military, yep. there is always a fear of what crazy shit do they have that we don't could know destroy all of us. Yeah. You know, we can go into like the Death Hand, mm. like the Russians have. Yep, yep. But that's there's so much we could keep going. But I think we're done for tonight. What do you think? Oh, yeah, God, you could probably do just a whole big show just on World War Two yeah. crazy weapons that they were trying to make or did make. But, yeah, no, man, I think that's all I got. All right, folks. Um, we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for listening to us. Everybody have a good night. Bye. Shut up.